Hey y'all, it's episode 20. It's already today. How y'all doing? We're coming Let's to you this. from live deep down in the bunker. This is our second video episode using Zoom. So thank Zoom for being there for us because we can't be out there in the community with you guys. So Corona and Lyme continues to dominate the headlines, but we're going to try to keep things, uh, you know, hitting the high notes, floating around and trying to get some good stuff. But because it's hard these days to go online and view any news at all without seeing something that's coronavirus related. So we'll try to we'll try to hit that. We're using unlike the beers, Corona sells. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, not even, yeah, that's like, unfortunately they're not even discounting it very much right now. You know, you go to like Publix or Winn Dixie or whatever, and it's just as expensive as it usually is, even though they put it like front and center. I got, um, I got. I'm going to give it a quick double review right now. I got the unholy right now from uh, where is it from? The, the triple. Oh, uh, the triple. Yeah, it's right. Triple. Yep, from um, Coppertail out in Tampa. So again, we got to go make that. I think. Two episodes ago, we hit that up, but I got another one from Ocala that you'd probably like, which is a um, an oatmeal stout, a dark stout called Midnight Oil from Swamphead Brewing in Ocala. I've been to that one, I think. Actually, maybe that's Gainesville. I don't know. Somewhere up in the middle of fuck butt central Florida. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I've had that one, to be yeah. honest. It sounds familiar. I had both of them. What, what, is your, what are you drinking right now? The, the Unholy. Yeah, and your so score? My score, I think 9.1. Yeah, that's almost a perfect beer. Is nah, what you're it's, saying. Not, it's not. I mean, we talked about it before. I think the, the triples that you really, really like are up there. Like, you really split hairs when it gets to triples, with me anyway, because it's one of my favorites. But between, go, like, between like the, the Belgian triples and the German, like Hefeweizens and the Dungles, you know, um, hard to beat for me. So Nice. Uh, what are you having? Today, I am alcohol-free, and this is from the Aldi's section. So I am trying a V8 Energy Peach Mango. Look at you. It's been a long <laughs> day. So uh, these are one of these little uh, V8 drinks, which I normally don't like, but Aldi fucking got me, so I wanted to try it. It's got allegedly one combined serving of veggies and fruit, an excellent source of vitamin B, no sugar added. And it's got like uh, the the nicotine. I'm sorry, the nicotine. The, <laughs> that would be the funny. Caffeine. Nicotine. <laughs> By the way, I want to talk about nicotine because okay. a lot of people in California are using it. Um, the caffeine comes from bleak, black and green tea, and okay. it's got sixty or yeah, it looks like sixty milligrams of the energy blend that they use. Uh huh. Awesome. But anyways, um, the taste is not that bad. Usually, these kind of drinks like have almost like a synthetic taste i would say yeah it's allegedly 50 percent juice so that's better than those five percent juice um it's gonna be a solid i'd say a 7.1 7.1 for the, and i think that's pretty high i mean for an energy drink from v8 from aldi i mean there's nothing bad about any of those things but uh what are you gonna do what are you gonna do? <laughs> 7.1 okay rock and roll rock and roll rock and roll baby all right so um we're actually still using anchor for our audio only side so if you t tend to listen i want to give a shout out to them we got some new listeners we got an orange park uh listener from that's basically a suburb jacksonville baby <laughs> there you go clay, clay county i know orange park very well i live shout there out. and then um some of our uh, new homies from up in ottawa which is in ontario which is in canada shout out nice. to you guys um, but anchor, okay. yeah, exactly. Um, anchor now gives us the opportunity to see not only where our listeners are from, but also their gender. If you choose to 
submit that information. And if you're non-binary, it's there too. But um, we're 85% female centric right now, which is pretty fucking woke. I mean, I think. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just gives credence to the fact that we can be a couple of guys talking about current events and politics and craft beer and there could be people that you wouldn't even realize were interested in what you're talking about and they could be into it maybe it's just you know what we look like i don't know if we just gained that from our last <laughs> from our last episode. i'm gonna give, i'm gonna give our female <laughs> listeners more credit they Shout like out. the substance they like the substance <laughs> plus we've been looking pretty rough in uh quarantine mode not you though that's you right no, no 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 i mean the last one i was just like i didn't do anything I was just like, i woke up like this and that's it uh, today actually <laughs> i haven't put any product in my hair in three weeks Wow. So, <laughs> so I, I had to remember how to do it. You just like step on camera like that. That's you. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just literally jumped out of the shower, ran over here. Cause I was running like five minutes late, hmm. maybe a little longer. So and, um, um, what show did you watch with Katie tonight? <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the reason I was late tonight was a show night and we got into Westworld. So oh. we are caught all the way up oh, shit. and Spoiler I will, alert. I will give fucking credit to that show because it takes you on a ride. Yeah. You can't predict shit. Yeah. The twists and turns are awesome. And that's what I look for. That's what I really, really appreciate about a good show. Um, and Westworld yeah. definitely is full of that. It's such a good an interesting story. Um, I was thinking about watching the old movie because I hadn't seen it. Um, and that's from like 1973. You probably remember Michael Crichton was the guy that wrote the books for Jurassic Park and Sphere and all that stuff. So phenomenal writer, not a great director. He only did a couple of movies before he switched to just writing the stories, writing the novels. And uh, so that was one of his first big productions was the, the original Westworld movie, which there never was a book. Um, so they took that they took that story and then they made the HBO show. So they're on their third season this year. And it took two years for the third season to actually get underway, because if you remember the big fires in California uh, about a year and a half ago, oh, that's right. just destroyed the entire set. So those are some why, amazing pictures of from yeah, those fires. Yeah. So um, that was that. But I, I got caught up to the end of season two last weekend. So no spoilers. I'll, I'll catch up there with you so we can hopefully talk about that show pretty soon. But That'd be awesome. Yeah. The only thing I would say, it's not even a spoilers. Um, the actor that they brought in into season three, he, he to me is an amazing actor. Mm -hmm. He plays Jesse Pinkman in, in – um, and the famous show what's it one called? of the best breaking bad breaking bad yeah Magnets, I, I, I think he's a great actor dude. he is i think he's underrated i mean he's super underrated because when you think about like the other things that he's done he's done a couple of movies he did the breaking bad movie obviously that's on netflix but um you don't see him in a lot of other things he was on. i haven't seen that one by the way yeah me neither that's the thing like people were saying it's like it's okay and and it's a netflix movie so you're like all right i've seen other netflix movies that are like not even not even good like not even meh <laughs> so well, why waste your time but i will just before we uh switch from the west world the only thing i would say is that um season one is a lot of paying attention to mm -hmm. and and it may not be up to everyone's speed i can see that i've heard people complain about it right. but if you hang in there man it is it's the gift that keeps on giving like in okay. show like it's a good show i've seen that i mean it's something you definitely have to pay attention to like um <laughs> i one there's a good drama like that i'm glued to it i'm glued to the screen i don't even like take my phone out that's that's another telling thing about a really interesting and intriguing show is when you're totally enthralled in it and you're just like okay i'm here for it i want to understand everything that's going on in it and you still don't pick up all the details 
there's still twists that you don't see coming. And um, I think that's credit to the writers for that. And, and of course they're creating it all themselves because they, they had the basic concept, but all the new storylines are just, that's just what they're doing is doing a good job of writing. So usually that's the Achilles heel of a new show is that it's poorly written or that it can't carry past one season because they don't, they ran out of story. So, good stuff. all right. Yeah. So we got some stuff to talk about. I want to hit you up with something that's near and dear to your heart early. So I don't forget about it, but um, the hoax movie, your boy, Sertovich, his movie got banned from Amazon, which is based on his book. What's up with that? How did this happen? Let me get your thoughts on that. Um, from, from what I have seen, um, I haven't heard any response from Amazon. And I know that there's been people that have reached out to get a, um, a statement, as they right. say. Right. Um, but the rumors, there's only rumors, basically. So I don't really have anything solid other than... Mm-hmm. It's still on iTunes and it is yeah. on Google Play. It's not on Amazon. That's the only one that like shut it down. Shut it down. People. Yeah. His theory by a tweet that I saw was that um, someone else mentioned it and he subtweeted it and he agreed with it was that Amazon is releasing another movie that's very similar to it that huh. had to do with like fake news um, and that they didn't want people when they search for that one to look at his. Okay. Um, my theory is... Amazon is also um, in the same, uh, let's call it the same company as uh, the Washington Post. Okay. Uh, the Washington Post is a big player in the well, media they own it, genre. Right? Yeah, they own it. Yeah. Well, Jeff does. That's his, that's, yeah. his, that's his like personal magazine, you know? That's right. That's your own <laughs> personal propaganda machine. It's pretty as, much. If, as if having the, the greatest uh, sales juggernaut wasn't big enough. Anyway, I can't blame him, dude. The guy's building a fucking clock in a mountain. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And you have to like, it's like Rockefeller style. Like I've learned that Rockefeller is one of the first people to ever have PR. And I learned the importance of someone at their level um, having a PR machine. And I can't blame Jeff. I think that's something I would do if I was in his position is have something that always has my back, uh, can lean um certain criteria not quite that's not the word i'm looking for but it can lean um the whole narrative. whatever the you narrative that's sort of absolutely you control absolutely. narratives yeah. and at his level narratives are very important sometimes they're more important than money mm-hmm. uh, because they can lose you a lot or gain you a lot of money or trust in the public and he's a smart guy so i i don't hate on being smart is it shady of course but um, so I think that that's what happened is that hoax really, really, really goes after uh-huh. media narratives uh, and how they are not, they're not uh, authentic, that they're, they're sometimes weaponized. Mm-hmm. I got made fun of today in one of my uh, th- chat threads, text threads, because I called it uh, weaponized questions. Uh-huh. What was, what was <laughs> the question? My friends are like, is there a good example that you can give well, from the, that conversation? The, the, the example was uh, one of my friends from New Jersey decided to, sh- uh, he shared, he go, he, he, any, he, he calls me like the, the, the guy that speaks Trump. So when he has a question, <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of times you are. So he sent me, um, he sent you a video clip so you can, not even a video clip. He sent me a, tra- <laughs> he sent me a transcript of one of the press conferences and okay. he highlighted right. when the lady Yamanika, I think her name is, um, I'm not a fan of her. I think that she is someone that 
is very, very. She's more um, uh, pointed and aggressive, I think, as a reporter than is required for getting the facts. That's just from my experience, as what I've seen of her. That's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. I think that she is very intelligent at what she does, mm -hmm. and everything is calculated. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Her calculated questions. And I called them weaponized questions. And, and he laughed. He's like, what the fuck is a weaponized question? So the, the point. That, I, I don't trademark that because that's awesome. So <laughs> what, a wep what a weaponized question is, is asking a question in a certain way when you already know the context, mm -hmm. but you can ask it in a certain way where it corners the person on purpose. Okay. Uh, meaning that even if you take someone out of context you purposely already know because you're intelligent she's not a dumb person she for example there's a let's say there's a 10 minute interview this is an example i gave there's a 10 minute interview right. the person someone as crazy as trump may have said something crazy at minute three and 25 seconds so she takes that what he said at three minutes and 25 seconds that crazy comment statement etc mm -hmm. and then uses that question to corner him what what why I called it weaponized is because the seconds or minutes before that or after that usually place context to it where it answers your question. Okay. So so it catches people off guard because sometimes she'll do that based on a conversation, like I said, that could be from long long form like this. Right. And you're like, you said this at this point. And it's like, okay, what were we talking about at that minute? With like, with no context, it's impossible to have an intelligent conversation i'm sorry Correct, but it's but it's very calculated by her and i give her credit for that the other example those gotcha not, moments are they're golden they're golden right? and 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 she had a couple gotcha moments recently i'm now i'm 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 jumping off what he was That's talking cool. about yeah, but he he she uh, had the the moment with the kung flu mm -hmm. right she had That's that right. twice right. uh so she is the kung flu reporter and the reason that i thought that it was pretty even inappropriate is a it's a stupid question if um you're in the middle of a pandemic and that's like literally what you're concerned what you're about concerned. yeah Lots of um, yeah it's cor correct and and okay i'll give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe it is because um trump has had narratives in the past that he's a racist bigoted etc it, it would be so, easy to corner him on that so, correct which is appropriate if goal, then she succeeded Correct. But here's the problem that I had with it is the, and he, and he, he, that's a golden clip because he's like, say it again. He made her repeat it. So she, yeah. kept, she kept saying Cub flu and that he got her with what I would say to her is who is your source? Let's bring him out and talk to this person that you're saying in my staff is saying these words. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have who it is. So to me, that's, that right there is if she had a source and she said, this person said it, then I feel like the question uh, is appropriate and should be asked or could be asked, uh, but she didn't. It's another one of these tactics where it could be someone that doesn't exist. And that to me is a disservice again, to the media. That's true. Um, and again, you, it could be somebody that said that to her or to somebody that she knows and passed that along. And she was just trying to find out the answer to the question. So giving her the benefit of the doubt, you know, she, I, she could have been doing that investigative journalism, but at the same time, it looked like a dumb way to phrase the question in a press conference about a pandemic. It's 2000, post 2000, pre 2016, I would accept what you just said. Post 2016, you have to, you have to have 
those bullets that you're about to use, they have to be fully working. And Spray you can't just that. try this anonymous bullshit yeah. to try to corner him into racism. This is, it doesn't fly anymore. In my opinion, it doesn't fly anymore. You would have to, for it to hold any credibility to your readers, to audiences, more importantly, that don't know you or don't just follow you because you're woke, yeah. then you need the, you need the backing and the, um, the sources to be legit. Uh, for you to bring up that type of point to point hit to point out someone in his administration being racist that has been done already people have been writing books and they just it's the teflon done it just Is flies it off proven of or not that's the thing i mean it could not be him maybe it's not him but maybe it's his administration and a then lot of call them, out the person be like this person told me i would need you did. to come with that and then what she she did recently was to the uh, attorney general who is a mixture between a black person and a Spanish person. Mm -hmm. And he came out and basically um, he used the words like, and you know, you got to, you got to take care of your big mama. And he used words that he, the surgeon general, (laughs) General. I said attorney, I apologize. The surgeon general. (laughs) Correct. So he, so he tried to connect and he tried to connect and and then he he explained it. He explained it that he's had meetings with the NAACP and that they've made it. They're like, listen, man, when you go out there, we really need you to communicate to our community that the alcohol and things like that are really some of the uh, things that are affecting us negatively in our health and things like that, especially in this pandemic, how important it is. And then she uses that as what I would consider a, a virtual signal and social justice warrior moment where she created the narrative. She put it, she, her, and her, she just looks at her Twitter account and they're like, people are outraged and offended of the language you use. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, that's how I talked to my grandmother lady. Like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no credit to him for going out and like listening to people in the community and trying to connect with them more. I mean, maybe he could have been more eloquent or, you know, more, purposeful with the way that he did it but um i don't think she had the grounds to like chop his knees out from under him in a press conference um she asked a fair here's the thing she did a good job this is why i know she weaponizes shit is because she did ask a fair question in that exchange Mm -hmm. which was a great question and then on top of that mixes it in with a question where she is just going to get her base we'll call it her base all all gaslit and, well, ra- and riled up great base is a great word because these journalists they're not just gunning for the truth they're gunning for their personal gain and for likes as a, as a journalist that's what you live for you live and die by the story right so if it's a good story it doesn't matter if it's true or not it's got you likes it's got you clicks right but it should matter and that's where that's why i hold these people to the <laughs> fires that you guys are one of the most important aspects of society because people go to work, they have families, they have hobbies, and they don't always have time to research as much as someone that is a nerd like myself that likes to research this stuff on my free time. So you you count on these people to be telling you the truth. But unfortunately, these people are telling you their opinions and narratives. um, And well, I mean, they pass. I know two very important parts of what we appreciate here right in the country is uh free speech and free press and i don't want i don't want either of them touched so i'd rather it's there than not (laughs) if you get called out for libel and sued for slander that's cool but that's on you (laughs) yeah it's it's your job to tell the truth and be a journalist you should be doing that if somebody sues you because you're a liar then that's on you (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) 
All right. Tr- tr- Trump is a, a person that, like, unfortunately, he he also, um, I don't know, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, he calls out media and being fake, but then I can see why some people think that the media is so important because they think he's deflecting and just trying to uh, to to shut them down right. and things like that. Um, so like I, said, I see, I see both sides. Yeah. You and I, you and I talked about it before, I think offline, just, uh, it's good for any president to have a boogeyman because, and it's good to say, okay, I, I want enemies in the media because I can always just point my finger back at them and say, they're lying. Even if I am lying, I could just say that they're lying and no one will know the difference. Like <laughs> he, he did something unprecedented today. Today's Monday. And he had, um, his, uh, Corona meeting. Uh, the press conference, which was it was hours long, wasn't it? It's always hours it long. long <laughs> he does, yeah. Some of them have been over like close to two hours or over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but today he played a video mm-hmm. because I guess something hit his nerve, and I haven't seen it, but I guess it was political attacks, um, not just from the media, but also right. from like ads that came yeah. out over the weekend or this that past guy. week. Yeah, and See. he came out on fire and he made his he had his people make a video of like the media they're like oh you keep saying that i downplayed it so here i have a video clip of a whole bunch of you and they're like oh it's like the flu it's like this and i heard that from like what i read on twitter is that the msnbc and cnn immediately cut away (laughs) it's hard i mean it was like really really quick when they did that too so i'd like to get your you go ahead and watch the footage and you come back to the show and let's talk about that yeah for sure i just saw the the cryons what is that what they're called yeah yeah, i saw the bottom ones and cnn was like an attack mode yeah they're like trump tries to rewrite history it's gonna it's gonna be that way for a while Unfortunately or unfortunately. And for those that don't know of like where the hatred with CNN came from, I remember when he won and he was having all those meetings in Trump Tower mm-hmm. where like uh, people like Puff Daddy showed up, Kanye, um, per, uh, execs from major corporations. And one of the meetings he had, he invited like every head of every news network. And I remember like Wolf Blitzer and I believe Zucker went too, which is the head of CNN. I, I got to research that. I know 100% Wolf Blitzer was there, right? Yeah. And, and the media one, they're all thinking like, all right, so now, you know, like he has a suit. They're showing me a lot of you getting uh-huh. ready. And then the, the reports that came from that is that Trump sat them down and just berated them. And he went hard at them. He's like, you fucking people, the way you covered me, shit like that. Like he made them. Well, feel I mean, like, he threw down the yeah. gauntlet because that was the entire, you know, that was their ploy or their play from the beginning was to get, you know, pop culture to go for Hillary. Right. That, that's what it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it was, that was the story. <laughs> yeah. But he went hard in the paint when these people thought that like he was there to make a truce or like move forward as right. I'm now the president. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, he went for the jugular and they, right. they went into attack mode after that. Okay. Well, that's, I, I, I think they were in attack mode before that. They probably, oh. probably think it was going to be maybe more conciliatory, you know, after my election, quote unquote, Exactly. <laughs> it's callback. Callback. But um but yeah, I mean he's not that kind of person. He's not gonna say he's sorry. So, Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And um yeah, so that's that's enough for that. But that was the that was the whole thing. He's like how he's like how my friend was like how the example that he shared was basically him 
getting quoted on something he said on a TV show. And then he's like, I didn't say that. And then he's like, how are you going to be able to have a manager or someone that cannot, uh, that will immediately the next day say he didn't say something he obviously said. Right. I go, it's more complicated than that. So I'm not to like repeat what we just talked about, but it, it's not like black and white. You're reading a transcript for one. So anything, you know, that's you're reading. You don't have context. You don't have the context. Yeah, it's not worth the conversation if you don't have a context. Correct, because you're just reading a part of it. So, and that's the thing, like I can count on you for saying I haven't read or I don't know and we won't talk about it, but anybody else out in the community, (laughs) you try to pick a fight, you're just like, I would like to talk about this. I want to talk about this specific political story or this political issue and they'll tell you what they heard, not necessarily what, actually happened and that's why you got to go and do your homework before you get into situations that's it's a tricky tricky situation i feel like a lot of humans uh in general don't like knowing what's going on in current events is almost like a sign that you are educated or or something like that where 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 um just reading a headline Mm -hmm. and commenting on it some people do that socially like to to just show the other person that they're in on what's going on mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people like that others like don't give a fuck like well, it depends just, like you said there's nuance and there's context to it right if it's just about what do you think about you know the super bowl halftime show you could probably get what you need out of 50 words and you can have the conversation but the middle east peace process you probably need to do a little bit more homework you know <laughs> yeah, instead of a headline i'm okay i'm okay with that if that's your your wheelhouse but if you want to jump into a the political fray or like especially now when there's just there's even more you know that you can you can mess up that you can get wrong in a conversation uh you know you, again enter at your own risk but exactly can we go back to a couple things that we touched on before with entertainment first and then yeah, let's do some other stuff i mean i got i got some bullets all right so uh, we mentioned before that uh, South by Southwest, we were doing some movie reviews. Turns out we don't even need to do those anymore. We watched a couple movies, uh, Drunk Bus and Teenage Badass. I thought they were both pretty good. They probably don't have any any chance in a regular theater, but maybe in an indie format, that's fine. Did you watch either of those? Um, to be honest, I couldn't find how to watch them. So Got it. the answer is no. But okay. so when- out of out of respect if i absolutely need to and we need to write a review and yeah. i need to do it i will yeah. definitely 100 percent do it i promised that i was going to do that uh to the folks that gave us the access to those movies but uh they didn't even know this but um within the last five days uh south by southwest came out with a new a new great format and because they couldn't have their own excuse me, festival this year, they're going to be partnering with Amazon to be showing all of the movies, not just the I shows, did see that. all of the movies, which I think it's probably in the hundreds uh, of movies for the last year, uh, independent releases that you may or may not see in the future, depending on how well they again do, but they're going to do like two weeks of showings on Amazon prime. So now like, is that free? you probably do have to be a prime member to watch them but that's going to be uploaded. It's going to be online at the end of April. That's what they say. The last week of April, they're going to have all those movies online. So I think that's pretty cool, but it also kind of gets us out of it. <laughs> we forgot that we were going to be the, uh, the film reviewers, but now you're going to be able to make your own judgment on those. So look for Drunk Bus and Teenage Badass. I enjoyed both of those um, and, and tell us what you think about those. 
if we make if we if you have a written review or if we end up doing one i'm sure we can send it to the uh the their pr people mm-hmm. and um they will share it i should yeah. i should but then I, again like before i even got the chance like the day that i got the screener the screener code to like go online and watch the movie i started seeing reviews posted by the south by southwest official account linking to other folks that are actual journalists so it's just like I'm way behind. I didn't even get the, I didn't get the memo. What um, we can do, and just a side note, is you could do a video one, and I'll put it up on our YouTube channel, guys, which you guys can visit, and you can find our uh, all of our episodes that we're um, doing through Zoom on there. And yeah, you do it on there. Send them the link, and you'll have a and you'll have a radio review, a short one. You know, it's interesting, and I appreciate you uh, taking the lead on getting the YouTube channel up and running, because our first episode, I think it looks and sounds great. Um, it's up there for you guys, number 19, you know, from deep inside the quarantine zone. And that's the way it's going to be for a little while, I think, probably another six weeks at the minimum. But uh, we're going to continue to have that video content as we, you know, get bigger and better. But um, the channel itself, uh, <laughs> the first time I looked to see what you know, our standing was where we were and how people were uh, looking at and accepting our content. I was like, okay, uh, you type in our week today on YouTube and we're like the 50th hit. And like today we're the first hit (laughs) or the number one (laughs) thing. I know it's kind of specific, but still it was surreal to go from like number 50 to number one. Nice. Analytics are doing their job. Thanks a lot, Google. Appreciate it. Shout out to YouTube. (laughs) Thanks alphabet. Alphabet. Yep. AI. Uh, AI. Yeah. Well, we know that's going to be the end of all of us. So let's just, let's just appreciate it while it serves us or we serve it. Never mind. Uh, so the only other thing I had in entertainment was um, you sent me a pretty interesting link uh, from the UK, a video of folks setting fire to 5G towers. Oh, wow. Uh, so because they were doing it because they thought that apparently they thought it was spreading coronavirus. <laughs> There's a lot of conspiracy theories. I mean, Putting I've been the about <laughs> Yeah, like, like I don't know. Guys spreading that shit. <laughs> I haven't done my research, uh-huh. um, so I really don't have like the full details. But I have heard like glimpses of why people don't like it, right. uh, and I've been hearing that for years. I've been hearing 5G stuff since I would estimate 2015, mm-hmm. um, when it was coming. The concerns that some people have. Um, so. I just don't know enough to to know if there's any merit. Obviously, mainstream media is like, no, this is all conspiracy theories, blah blah blah. But I don't just for take technology it. for technology to be uh, spreading a biological concern is pretty crazy. Uh, if it well, was, if it was like a nanotechnology, something that was too small to be noticed, you know, and that, that's that's a thing now. So. Just so you know, here's here's just some basic background of like I don't think they're saying that it causes viruses or it is the virus or anything like that. Um, what the issues is, and this is way too scientific for uh, for fucking bro science of mine, um, <laughs> is that the at the at the megahertz or the gigahertz or whatever the fuck the frequency is that five G works at, it affects water, it affects certain chemicals that are in your body. And from previous research and studies, uh, it shows that it weakens a lot of uh, things inside of a human, which cut, which makes them more vulnerable to disease, which makes them more vulnerable to to certain attacks uh, because of the weakened state that they're in because of the 5G uh, signals. Uh, that's 
that's the bro science part. I really don't know details of okay. you know, specifically, but like that, it's not so much I've been hearing that it causes the virus. It's it's more of that is that it affects the human and it affects your immune system. Uh, you're just a weaker person around these strong signals. Uh, they go as they go as far as saying that the super ballers like a Bill Gates and people like that, they mm-hmm. don't even have. Uh, wireless connections in their house they have like satellite in the backyard and all hard hardwired connections inside right. allegedly i doubt I, I doubt that that's true but i'm just saying that these are what you hear in the conspiracy world that's that's deep <laughs> well yeah. i i'd be i'd be uh way more willing to buy the fact that it had some kind of an effect on your body and some kind of physiological effect on your body than it actually changing um you know being a, a vehicle for something nefarious or, or yeah something. i don't think it's a vehicle i really haven't heard that but um i've always heard like even way before corona is that it it it, it affects human a lot like a lot of the things that we're, we're made out of a lot of water so obviously if it affects water it's going to mm-hmm. affect us that's what the bro science behind it is um what those studies and things like that i really don't know um, so I, I would, I, when I have time, I would like to educate myself a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, on that. Now, that being said, I was talking to a, a family member in Colombia this weekend and they brought up 5G and he's like, he's like, you gotta understand that 5G change everything in the world and thing. And he took it to another level, not in the conspiracy world, but like, okay. he's like, 5G is going to be so pinpoint accurate that you, they're going to know by they, whether it's a computer, AI, NSA, whoever the fuck can control anything, are going to know whether you're in your bathroom, in your living room, or in your bedroom. They're going to be able to map out everything. That's how pinpoint accurate the 5G is uh, on top of what they cherry code it with to the public is like, download movies in a couple seconds. That's it. (laughs) If you don't don't enlighten them to the possible uh, things they would not be interested in in having in their lives. And if it's all entertainment and it's all benefit, then cool. If it's all surveillance, then that's a different story. And I think, you know, some people would be like, all right, I don't care. I'm not going to break the law. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you watch me sleep. (laughs) Just do it. I mean, society accepted that with the Patriot Act and, and the Snowden, um, that what happened with Snowden, we just accepted it. We're like, cool. I I have an iPhone now. This shit, it's cool. Rather not be dead. I'd rather not be dead. Um, the other thing that was really, really pushing these 5G conspiracies, uh, just to mention, um, is that China was the first country with official 5G cities. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wuhan was the first one, but it's definitely one of them. Right. So that just got the, the, the fucking conspiracy people going crazy. They're like, I told you, I told you something's <laughs> going on with the 5G. That's one of the 5G cities. And um, yeah, uh, so that that that's interesting. I mean, there might be a correlation, there might not be, but it's just interesting that Wuhan is where all this started, and it's one of the only five G cities in the whole entire world. Okay, I have to do some research on that. Sounds like a tech center that's uh, kind of losing control of its technology, but I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we allegedly need five G for the world that we see in a show like Westworld, oh, you're not there, but in, um, in a technology where there's automation in the roads and things like that, you need the 5G capabilities to run that type of technology. Hmm. Once again, bro science. So this is what I've heard. I really don't know the details behind it, but it makes no, sense. That's, that's, that's up for discussion. I mean, we could probably be there today when you think about the kinds of automation and 
and robots that are available today, just depending on what they look like and what they're capable of doing, you know, um, you can create that kind of thing these days, but I think there are laws against it. It's not necessarily the technology isn't there, it's that there are laws against it. Um, because of the likeness, because of the ability, like we said earlier, to have a uh, have a person of real interest, such as a politician, speaking at length about some subject that if you can just control that likeness, then you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody saying that it didn't happen. Um, so that's a potential pitfall of that kind of technology. My cat just fucking knocked down my lighting. Anyway, on camera. <laughs> behind he's behind the camera system but uh, I love him anyway. yeah Atlas is fucking shit up he literally just jumped up knocked down the lighting and then ran away I thought he was a sponsor I thought he was a mascot kind of is give me one second guys we'll be back anyways what what's the next subject you have I'll be ready all right do you think Gobert is gonna play in the uh NBA again uh yes <laughs> the guy that the guy that spread all this shit. Yep. Yeah, I don't see why not. It wasn't his fault, and I mean it was his fault, but like he didn't know. He didn't know, right? Anyway, now <laughs> I think it's up to him. Meaning that I don't see, I don't see them punishing him uh, for it, but maybe it, it psychologically fucked him up. That I can see. I, I don't know. It's way more likely is that he's going to get you know, the looks on the court or in the locker room be like, mm, dude, I can't trust you. You're just too dumb. <laughs> I think what helped him is that uh, every other sport canceled. Right. It was just the NBA yeah. that, yeah, I think that you. Tip of the spear, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that that's what saved him. Do you think there's going to be any disruption to the NFL or uh, college football? Um. Yeah, I can. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that I heard that Trump had a um, about a week ago, maybe now two weeks. He had a um, one of those virtual press conferences with all the owners, including Dana White from the UFC, the NFL, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, all of them. And um, I think that he heard their concerns, um, and he brought it up in one of his uh, Corona press conferences that he's like they want to open up. So if there's a if there's a machine out there that can't be stopped. I would say it's the NFL, but Corona's surprised everybody. So I would not be surprised if it does postpone football, mm-hmm. things like that. Okay. Um, so you got punked by the, uh, just speaking of the NFL, you got punked by the sports center thing saying Kaepernick got signed. I did. How did that feel? <laughs> it took, I, I luckily, as soon as I got it, <laughs> I got it. And then I shared it with my number one Jets guy and uh-huh. While I hit send, I get the message of the person that shared it with me. He's like, never mind, it's a fake. I'm like, fuck. You're, again, you were trying to break the story. <laughs> it got you. Yeah, it got me. <laughs> Do your uh, but, work. <laughs> but then uh, who got got? Um, there was a senator or someone that also, she like retweeted it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't feel um, bad that I'm not the only one. Yeah, you don't really have like, I mean, you have a somewhat public persona but there's not like a dollar value attached to it at this point right so (laughs) when you start having some high dollar sponsors then you're gonna you're really gonna have to watch what you endorse there's nothing i did i didn't tweet it i i knew i wasn't gonna go that far but i just shared it with uh possibly the number one jets fan in florida so i shared it with him (laughs) oh yeah ginormous rock and roll 
I heard, and today I shared with him is that uh, sports booking people were putting out some odds and they said that the Jets have uh, maybe one game that they're favored in. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, he, at some he, point he, you yeah. start to feel sorry for him, but man, it's a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of bad decisions. Not just them. There's a lot of teams. Well, yeah, I mean, other teams with bad decisions. Uh, that's, the Jaguars. Yeah, Jaguars are just really burning themselves down. Uh, the Falcons, their new uniforms getting savaged because they look like um, Adam Sandler's from The Water Boy. That's funny. Yep, or, or Fubu shirts. That's the other thing I heard that they were looking like. So that's funny. I mean, you you, you have a um, a bias because they play in your division, but I also heard that it's the first time in NFL history where their whole entire offense, I think, mm-hmm. is first rounders. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that'll be high level first rounders. That's interesting. Yeah. And that could be a formula for success, but Atlanta is known to fuck up success, especially at a halftime in a Super Bowl. Shout out. Shout out Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, my my cousin's wife, uh, a cousin and his wife live in New Orleans, but she has a a following on Facebook for her nuanced and like super, super critical um, interpretations of that, you know, 28 to 3. Uh, basically, just every every chance she gets, she puts it on there. Every chance she she finds something in the world that lines up with that. It's not just retweeting. It's not just capturing. But she'll take pictures throughout the city, and she'll make it line up. This day, this thing, this thing. By the way, the Falcons blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's funny. That's so, yeah, funny. So it's refreshing. It's refreshing. She's good at that for sure. I remember just like not liking that game and kind of not paying attention. And I started doing something else and then I came back and I saw the score and I'm like, all right, now we're in now for we're a show. Dead. Yeah. We're in for the Brady show, baby. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause um, you know, I watched part of it the other day and yeah, it was, it was entertaining after that point, but it's just like up to, up to halftime. It's just like, okay, we all know this is going to go. And that would be the Falcons first Super Bowl. Good for them, you know? Um, but just, a total calamity and total collapse. And that's just another reason people make fun of the conference, you know, because I think every other, what is it? Um, <clears throat> the, the Bucks have one Super Bowl, right? <laughs> the Saints have one Super Bowl. The Falcons have no Super Bowls. <laughs> they were it's, there before, right? This huh? is, they, I, I remember the Falcons made it before. They had gotten there before, yeah. I don't think the Saints had. I don't think they lost the Super Bowl. The only one they went to, they won. So that's tough. But speaking of the South, speaking of the NFC South, we have a new uh, big player on the Bucks. Tom Brady's now there, and he's trying to trademark some fun stuff. Some <laughs> Tampa Brady or some Tampa Brady, <laughs> Tampa Bay Wolf. Is that even worth it to, to trademark those things for T-shirts? Is he just like going, going ham? I think it's worth it. I think that anything that – even just him saying he's going to trademark it is going to sell those shirts. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Even if it wasn't worth it, nobody's going to think about it. Him just doing it causes, creates a market. Okay. That's my <laughs> opinion on it. Does and he- I know, once again, you have a bias because they're also – if you, for you guys that don't know, uh, Trev is a giant Saints fan. Giant Saints fan. Not a Giants Saints fan. Giants. No, like a giant <laughs> Saints fan who I'm, plays in the same yeah, division yeah, as the yeah. Falcons and uh, Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I think he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played football. Um, yeah, so I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Himself, so when we talked about it in the podcast before, he's definitely a great player. 
and he's got a lot of wins. Where is um, where is the former quarterback? He's a backup somewhere. Winston. I, don't, I think he's unemployed. Oh, okay. One boy's looking for work. He, I heard he had a coronavirus hotline. I yeah. went, and the question was, did he pick it up himself, or I don't know how that worked, but he. I don't, I, I don't know. We're gonna have to uh, call and find out about James's whereabouts and if he's if he's okay. You know, if he's gone back to his old ways of stealing crab legs from Publix. Or... Publix, one of the greatest stories <laughs> ever. Was he a number one draft pick? Yes. <laughs> wow. It was him and Mariota. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Both busts. Sorry, Mariota. And where did he go? Did he go? He's now a um, backup for the Rams or something like that. I can't remember what team he went to. Damn, I can't recall. Um, let me just ask. Here we go. Producer, one of our sponsors, up. Google. Where did Marcus Mariota play football? No, where did he end up? Because he got sent away from the, Titan, the Titans this year. He is going to be for the Las Vegas Raiders. Vegas, baby. Well, yeah. Props to be a backup. That's a great fit for him, actually, to be honest. Yeah. New team. With Chucky. Yep. <laughs> good luck, bro. That's all I'm saying. Anyways. This is not good. All right. You want to pivot to politics? I got a lot of meat there. Um, anything you want, man. Florida politics. We did some entertainment. We, yeah, we did, did you have a Florida sports. section for us? Did you have a Florida um, segment for us? Yeah, I think, I think in general in Florida, I mean, it, if we were going to talk anything about Florida is that we were getting the, the, the weaponized <laughs> media was going hard and some would say rightfully so at our governor. Uh-huh. Uh, so we have governor DeSantis who uh, won a highly contested election yeah, um, against against the guy that was caught <laughs> doing meth and having gay butt sex. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I think he was a married straight guy though before that. Shout um, out! Shout Did out! You guys. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care about that. I just didn't like that he had like FBI investigations. He mm-hmm. had very kind of Marxist views, in my opinion. So I'm grateful to have who we have, um, but he's been getting a lot of heat just because of the comments once again like he's like i might open the schools and they went nuts in the national media well the reason he's getting the reason he's getting a lot of negative comments from media is that he's basically following trump's lead and he has been a lieutenant of trump's in a battleground state since being elected so or since being on the campaign trail so you you know where the bias is coming from you know where the vitriol is coming from so it's it's well earned i mean I, actually after he was elected i've found that a lot of people on both sides are like you know he's actually doing a pretty good job and then hurricane shit he did and, awesome. then, and then this thing broke and again he's he's basically parroting the same thing the white house is saying so if he showed on the guidelines yeah well he's also getting on camera and saying something that's completely different from what the guidelines say so you got to you got to take that as it comes. Like he got heat, for example, for saying that he's like, I'm going to look into the schools because he said something along the lines at a press conference of COVID doesn't kill young people. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, my God, but it does. It absolutely kills young people. They made Dr. Fauci at a national press conference say it. He's like, tell us it kills young people, right? It does, right? It does. Okay, it does. And then I looked at the numbers. There was like four. Yeah. So I can see why he would say something like that because the number, I mean, for those four, it's tragic, obviously any life loss of life is tragic, but in the big scale of things, it's really none. It's like 
if if the number's four of like people under twenty five. Uh, a, a big uh, news magnet over the last month and a half or so has been the John Johns Hopkins, um, like, like the sick map, basically showing the cases across the world, right? It's everything that's been reported and recorded. Uh, it used to be confirmed cases. Now it's uh, just deaths and cases in general, not necessarily confirmed cases. So they, the narrative has shifted. Now it's deaths and that's the focus versus those infected so um, you're seeing a, a great shift in the understanding and the narrative of what's surrounding that so i think that people are going to start to wake up to that they're going to start saying okay well we were judging uh success or the flattening of the curve etc based upon what these numbers were and now we're judging by a different set of numbers i'm not sure if there's any scientific basis in that or if it's better to do that but no one's asked the question. So I would want to get back to that and say, why are we looking at this number now instead of a different standard that we had before? I would like to know more about that. The only controversial like death count thing that I've heard about was uh, this doctor in Minnesota kept coming out in uh -huh. interviews. And he's like, he brought up two important points. And, and before I go there, just really quick, which is broke on my phone is that the dub by ESPN just broke this about 12 minutes ago, I guess. And it oh. said, or maybe they broke it earlier, but it just got tweeted by someone I follow. It says WWE deemed an essential business in Florida by DeSantis. <laughs> oh, well, actually it says that, yeah, the WWE was demeaned an essential business in Florida. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings said on Monday, allowing the company to resume live television shows from its Orlando training facility and Full Sail University in Winter Park. So that's local news that just broke as we were doing the show. All right. Rock and roll. <laughs> because they probably bring a lot of money uh, into the, I don't know, into the city. Maybe, I mean, this is like their training headquarters. I had no idea. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, the, yeah. No idea. <laughs> yeah, this is, Orlando is like the... Um, the foundation of the WWE in the sense that like when you want to become a wrestler and go through their program, this is where you come to go through their program. Yeah. Um, I think that this is where they were taping those shows without an audience, which they had to do a WrestleMania like that, which wow. is crazy. You need the fans for wrestling in my opinion. Yeah. So it's really weird. You have to act without no audience. You don't have that feedback. It's kind of like doing stand up without the audience, which some people are cringely doing also. Um, that's no fun. That's it's like a news conference. You don't like that. It's like, <laughs> where's my teleprompter? It says applause. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So back to, back to that doctor really quick. What yeah. he was saying uh, out of Minnesota was he's like, I received a seven page memo on how we now have to um, label a Corona death. All and right. Just long story short, what he said was, for example, say he has an 86-year-old patient that died of pneumonia but mm -hmm. wasn't tested for COVID. If they find out that someone she knew had COVID, then she is marked down as a COVID death. Right. So that's interesting because there is some fuckery that can happen there. Yeah. Um, if the someone has heart disease or is diabetic or overweight and – they're within a certain, you know, a radius, I guess you could say. If, they're at the, if they die at the same mental health facility or nursing home or whatever as someone who's tested positive or if 
I don't know, half the people at that nursing home test positive. It doesn't matter if they test that person, they're going to count them in the death count. They're going to do that's, it. That's what it seems like. And then an important, another thing that I didn't hear him say, because I didn't, I didn't watch the full interview, but I saw mm-hmm. at least the, the wording of it was that um, the amount of money that some hospitals are getting per COVID death, as opposed to like a regular death is insane. Yeah. And like, there's also another aspect of it if they like died on or off a ventilator or something like that. So there is definitely some money involved. And when there's money involved, ethics are thrown out the window. It's, it's all about the bottom line. It's all about bringing in some money. Uh, in my opinion, I think that that's unfortunately one of the human flaws uh, that we have is that when money um, becomes a factor, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of fuckery in these numbers. Spoken like a true statistician. Rock and roll. <laughs> Good job, man. He broke it down for our listeners so easily. <laughs> now, just to go quickly with like the news, like well, what I just re- told you, right? The, yeah. the person that reported this is a very, very extremely biased, and he admits it, person for mm-hmm. uh, the left. He's a CNN contributor. His name is Keith Boykin, and he immediately puts out his tweet as, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis designates professional wrestling as an essential business. As you could tell by the first sent art, like the first paragraph that I read to you from the article, included in the headline, it's the mayor. So that's what I mean is that DeSantis has a target on his back. It doesn't matter what happens in Florida; he's going to get the blame, and that machine of just biased, weaponized words is going to go after him. And it definitely has to do with what you said: is that he was always a Trump guy. Yep. Uh, he ran on Trump policy. His Collateral damage, was, as far as yeah, they're concerned. He's exactly. One of that. He's got to go. He's got to go, <laughs> especially go. after their guy was caught butt naked oh and sleeping and throw up. <laughs> um, which I love, for example, the, doc- the yeah. documentary maker in Miami. Uh, you know him. He did Cocaine Cowboys. Yes. Good documentary. One of the greats. Yeah. Uh, and I really like him. Billy Corbin is a cool guy, mm-hmm. extreme leftist. Right. Uh, but he was on a podcast and in the podcast, they brought up, they're like, hey, man, that guy that you really like for and you campaign for, wh- what's up with them finding him passed out with meth in the, uh-huh. in, in the escort? <laughs> he goes, he literally goes, I would still take him methed out over DeSantis. I'm like, okay, Billy. Okay. That's, that's a little crazy. There you go. I mean, some people are that die hard, you know, and they have their passion. And it's just, I, I can't understand it. You know, I, you got to have a level-headed leader. You have to have somebody who's in the game. You can't have a meth. That <laughs> turns people gay accordingly to like. That, that's a conspiracy. Tiger King, Tiger King right? Isn't that yes. what happened? Yes. I haven't seen it. I still have not seen it. You got to check it out. Um, I will. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it wouldn't be spoiling anything for anybody but you because I think you're the only person who hasn't watched it. Um, so get <laughs> caught up. I'll, I'll catch up with Westworld. You got caught up with that, and then we can talk about those things. Um, you have anything else, real quick, or you want to? Um, I mean, I got. Uh, we could just jump around it. Did you All have right, any? Do points? it. So, right. so Sanders is out of the game. So he paid off his new house in advance. That's my thought. And today, he endorsed sleepy uncle joe what do you think about that i mean i mean he said he was was... gonna do it he said he was gonna endorse the the you know the candidate whoever it was gonna be so yes what he never said is that he's going to fight the machine that fucked him over in 2016 so Uh i take him for his word but when he says i'm gonna endorse biden he's gonna endorse biden he did today 
That's that's the reason he lost. Is that you can't? He's a he was he too nice. Is, he's a coward, and I and I say that in the lightest, like most respectful way because I want to use other words mm-hmm. in the sense that someone with that type of is it vitriol, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can't expect to run the world's most powerful military that has ever been on Earth and have this cowardly presence to you that always bows down to to someone who's obviously um doing you wrong to say the least okay i might even call it to 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 um they're 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 kneecapping you in every direction and it's so yeah. obvious you get kneecapped so hard <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, he bends, and he bends the knee i i go into conspiracy i like the conspiracy theories that this guy was running uh, to make some money, and he yep. never really wanted to become president. Never really wanted it. I mean, no, only never... if it was going to be a landslide, only if it was going to be easy. But you can't run as a socialist in this country. You can't and expect it to be easy. I could see him winning eventually, but I mean, he's going to die before he wins. So, <laughs> sorry. Exactly. So I I don't know. Um, I just think that the guy was a coward to to put it lightly and. You can't have a coward leading the world's most powerful. He should have the military constantly. And that's why we said before, like, if even if he got the nomination, he wouldn't be able to win because he wouldn't pick Tulsi. That would be his only saving grace if he picked somebody who had military experience and he wouldn't do that because he doesn't give a shit about the military. He just wants us to be a normal country, not exceptional. Sorry. That was maybe a little bit too much bias for me. But what do you think his people are going to do? I definitely wouldn't agree with normal, by the way, in that sentence. Um, his people have already come out in forces, and I think that that's why he had he was forced today to uh, endorse him right away because if you saw online what I saw, there was at least I saw an, anywhere between over 30 to 50 groups. Yeah. And by groups, I mean on campuses, in, in workplaces, all over the country that all officially said we are not endorsing Biden. They right. all publicly came out. And that type of it's be firepower is not be hard for Biden. I'm telling you. That type of firepower causes Bernie immediately to have to bend the knee the way that he did. He might have, uh, but at the same time, he's his endorsement, if it means nothing to Biden, you know, it's not going to expand Biden's base. Is that really going to change anybody no, he definitely needs those bernie people he does like, he the, does the, he does he needs him now some of the yeah in some of those states that that hillary lost the bernie people could have mm-hmm. made a difference yeah um i don't know i think that's i think that it's a disgrace i i just really wish that the democrats had better um better choices um weren't so corrupt the, the dnc i didn't realize how private it is and how much they truly do just do whatever the fuck that they want Right. It's not really based on the people's choices. Uh, and I'm sure the RNC is the same way. Um, do you think there's going to be uh, someone swooping in to steal the nomination? Because I don't think that's possible. They, well, they've like, said now that the the convention will probably be online or it won't even happen. Biden doesn't want it to happen, obviously. He doesn't want to have to go up against anybody. But it's still down to the superdelegates. So they could potentially pick somebody else. Cuomo has been mm-hmm. floated. Newsom has a long shot. I think anybody else who's a rising star, Michelle Obama could be a long shot. I don't know. I'm just thinking that, you know, from at, at this point, it's probably going to be Biden boiling down to picking somebody 
to succeed him because he has he said a female he has no exactly has to be a female he has no shot of serving out two terms he's already he has no shot of winning in my opinion there's no way that a guy with dementia who it's obvious if you have any type of just mental health education level up to let's say ninth grade you can tell that there's something not right with this guy when he speaks publicly right and i'm not trying to like attack him i'm just pointing out something that millions of people have noticed not thousands not hundreds of thousands millions of people have noticed and um it's also obvious how much he's protected Mm -hmm. and he's protected by by machines like the new york times like the way that they came out disgustingly um the way that they were with kavanaugh and his abuser and basically maybe rightfully so in some people's minds really really taking the accuser's side and attacking kavanaugh is how I saw the whole thing play out through major organizations like the New York Times. Then they come out this weekend and they're like, oh, we looked into it. And, you know, other than some unnecessary touches and kissing, like there wasn't really. Well, yeah, it's and there's, there's been significant media coverage. It just hasn't been mainstream about that. I'm not talking about Fox News. I'm talking about like online stuff. Stuff that the Bernie people were the yeah, Bernie people do not watch the news. They get all their stuff from independent outlets online. And like you saw today, Crystal Ball saying, look, you know, the New York Times spent all of five seconds reviewing this whole investigation and they're not going to pursue it further. By the way, they ended their story with a threat about filing a fake police report right. on, the Biden, on the Biden accusation. So I'm like, okay. You guys are not on the same page, and Biden's going to pay for that in votes. I think, uh, yeah, Biden. I think Biden's already going to not. I don't think that dude has a chance, and I cannot wait to the debate. I but think I think if going, the right VP. Say it all depends on the VP. Yeah, absolutely. And you were saying that if you pick Tulsi, that would be a big deal. That's a huge deal, but I don't see him doing that. They're Not, not sure. They're not. That, that would be the one that I'm like, okay. So yeah. this guy now has a chance to get some of those independent voters has a chance to maybe get some of the Bernie people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Warren is like Bernie light. So if they couldn't have Bernie, let's get somebody who's so unlikable though. No, she's terrible, but she's a horrible choice. Bernie voters might go for her because of the policy issue. I mean, there's so many policies that they shared. I mean, she, she was even further to the left of Bernie on some of them, especially gun control. So that's a possibility. Biden, as the centrist kind of wants to unite the party, right? So maybe he wants to bring in people from his left on that. And he's got the black vote on his own. He said he was going to nominate or he was going to pick a woman. So to me, she seems like the, the safest choice. But if he wants to be just like safe, safe, safe and centrist, 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 he could pick Klobuchar. I think that would be a great choice for him. Yeah. For, but then again, losing it would, ticket, but it was a great choice and I like her. I it wouldn't pick her. enough people up from the rest of the hell no it wouldn't it wouldn't transfer any votes from the republican party that's for sure i mean you have the always blue people online there's a no matter what they're gonna vote blue they can you can put in fucking screech saved by the bell yeah (laughs) yeah the blue wave people are pretty radical so they'll do that and i'm sure that those same people exist on the other side no matter what but a, a big a big big difference of like just to show you how dysfunctional the DNC is compared to the Republicans. Right. And trust me. Like I ha- I'm registered as an independent because Republicans to me are normally clowns yeah. uh, as well. But 
when Trump did the impossible and literally just took over and took over an entire party by himself with his machine, mm-hmm. like the people in the crowd eventually followed him. Like at the convention and things, they were all there for him. Meaning like if someone like a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz or someone at the debate started to try to, or a Rubio tried to attack him, the crowd almost like booed them. They're like, that's not like Trump is our guy. And they kind of all backed him up as the guy. It was obvious. Now let's take a look back at 2016 and you go to the Democratic convention. If people want to go back and look, you saw the Bernie people would boo every single time Hillary shit was going on. They were booing loudly. So there's a very, there's a big disconnection there. Well, what I'm saying is that like this coalition of Biden, of Bernie endorsing Biden is in all roses. These people have, if they have hatred, his followers have a hatred, maybe even worse than Trump's hatred towards the party that keeps uh, kneecapping uh, who they thought was the chosen one for a revolution. No, I, I really think that's interesting because there's going to be somebody else that follows in his in his stead. There's going to be a new Bernie Sanders, right? Whether it's Buttigieg or somebody else is going to pick up that that mantle and carry it. But at this point, it's Biden, right? So we're pretty sure that's going to be the guy. And his only hope is to pick somebody who's relatively popular, right? And has some kinds of ideas that are to the left of Biden which are Tulsi does have some of those Warren certainly does have some of those. If he doesn't pick up the Bernie support, he's going to lose for sure. That's, I don't think he's picking up shit. Person. They literally came out in droves of groups. They're like, we are the coalition on this campus. We're the coalition for right. this union. And they're all like, we will not support Bernie. There's like memes of right. all the groups that came about, out this weekend. What about, are, are Biden. what about crossovers from the Republican party that don't like Trump? Which which VP candidate who's a female do you think uh, they would they would see as viable enough to vote for Biden in order to get that person in charge? Oh, it doesn't matter. They're not voting for Trump, and that's like less than five percent of the base is what I've basically seen these past four years. Mm-hmm. These are the uh, these are the Max Boots of the world. The, uh, the 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 girl from the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubens, of never the Trumpers. Yeah, the never you Trumper know, people, you know well. Paul, Paul Krugins or or um, Krugman. I don't fucking know. Or he's the Economist. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of those people that it, they they're irrelevant. They have no power. They they've lost all credibility just because of their mistakes in previous administrations pushing for Iraq war and stuff like that. I don't those know. People, I don't those know. people. I, I think some people listen to them. I think some people follow them, and I think most people want normalcy and that's kind of been the rallying cry for the moderate or the centrist dems is let's get somebody who's normal back in the white house and that's their claim to success is as long as it's not trump it's biden it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter how long he lasts because he won't last long let's just get that's not normal let's get somebody behind him so we can have normalcy again and that's just such a crazy long shot thing which means it makes me think that there's still going to be some drama between now and their actual and the actual election, there's going to be somebody else who swoops in and takes the nomination because superdelegates all get together and they're like, there's no way we could let this guy with dementia run away with this. <laughs> there's You've no- already let him come too far. Like you can't, you can't like whoever game theory that is insane. You don't know what the DNC can do. They can rewrite their rules. 
Now here's the wild card. They are never going to let the public choose. They are never going to choose. He brings Clinton. (laughs) He brings Clinton as the VP. That's right. That's right. Or or says, you know what? I am am a little slow, but I can still, I've I've been the VP. I know I can do it again. I will let Clinton run for president. (laughs) They're so crazy that they might think that will work. No, they can do anything like that. I'm just letting you know, like they do not care. They're going to write their own rules as they see fit. And it's going to be so interesting. And we're getting into the season right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited about it. And in May, um, the the Libertarians, which is normally the third biggest party, I would, I, some, some could say. Between them and um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Libertarians are usually a little bit bigger. And they're coming out with their nominee. And I heard the main guy that's going to take it is pretty good. I haven't heard him speak. I haven't heard his policies. And to be honest, I can't think of his name off the top of my right. head. Um, but the shit that yeah what allegedly has happened in that party and i saw it myself because i was a gary johnson voter at one point in 2012 you made a lot um, of sense to me too just he, 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 he they let what they some people call deep state or these never trumper people take over uh but i heard that that leadership group has been called out and they're going to be stepping down. So it's going back to like real libertarians. Like they called this guy, the Ron Paul, this like the second coming of Ron Paul. So things like that intrigue me and things like that. Once I hear their ideas can take me away and can, and can allow me to vote for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though some people would say it's a wasted vote or whatever. A third Um, party at this point is probably at that point. It's a third party vote. Now is probably a vote for Trump. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, just. And I think we need more parties. I earlier, think we need more choices. I agree with you. I mean, earlier, if it was like, not even this time last year, if it was like October, November last year, we had a decent third party candidate, then that probably would set things in motion. I'm not sure when Perot really caught fire. I'm not really sure when Johnson really caught fire. When they, I mean, and, and they're ending. Um, totals, you know, if they really put a dent in the end of those those particular campaigns, but. Um, yeah. Perot's legacy also connects to the reason that third parties are not allowed on debate stages. The Perot's legacy, they officially, a private organization took over the debate, <laughs> like the debate format. Yeah, like that guy, like before, I think it was like some sort of women's organization or something was in charge of like how the debate people were picked and they okay. had their own rules that allowed someone like a third party candidate, like a Perot to, to be at a debate. Um, but as soon as that guy happened, they're like, uh-uh, corporations and all these people got together and like, fuck that. And they made it really hard. They changed the rules uh, so that third parties could not have that effect that a Perot had. They don't want to hear from anybody like him anymore. Nope. Let me hear that. <laughs> He spent a fortune getting his message out. He spent his money way more wisely than um, Bloomberg did. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wonder if he would have had any more success as a third-party candidate. If not him, you know who I would have listened to was and and they and he got so much heat for trying to run was Schultz from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually enjoyed him and I liked yeah. his the way he thought. He was a normal person. And he made a lot of sense. He was more of like a, a social, I want to say he's like social Democrat, but like socially liberal, but economically conservative. And I think our generation identifies with that a little bit more because we really don't care much about what you do on your own, as long as it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg by mandate, it, right? 
his own people kneecapped him. They're like, we don't need they a did. rich billionaire running. And he, because he announced so early that that was like an acceptable attack. Now they have a rich white guy running. You know That's what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it also, was, also the majority of people that go to Starbucks are either working professionals or socialists <laughs> with exactly. money. <laughs> exactly. So I thought that he would have been an interesting third party candidate mm-hmm. um, or someone that I would have really enjoyed to hear at a debate. He's a totally different billionaire or very rich person than a Tom Sawyer, who is a complete fucking ass show. Well, a clown a- show piece of shit that was just a weirdo. Tell me why. Tell me why you say that. I, I've, you, this guy who used to just appear on CNBC mm-hmm. and we're talking about business. Okay. Like you're just another really rich exec from, uh, California, given your input on what you think about the economy or certain business issues. Mm-hmm. Once Trump won, some people call it TDS, right? Trump derangement syndrome. Uh-huh. This guy was fucking foaming at the mouth with it. Like he lost. I would then hear him talk and all uh, rationale was out the window. Okay. It was just emotional banter about basically Trump is Hitler. Like it was just so it was so posturing from my perspective he was just posturing he was saying if trump can do it i can do it i've got money which i made on the backs of the people that i put in jail basically <laughs> that bloomberg have gone to, to my jails fits, bloomberg to me fits a posturing that was acceptable uh-huh. but this time sawyer guy was just Sire. like Sire. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what his name is. This guy was foaming at the mouth of like Trump is the worst human being that has ever existed. And that was his whole entire platform is Trump is a bad human being. I'm a good, decent human being. You need to vote for me. And and I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. You fucking lunatic. You don't have any policies on a goddamn thing. And well, he spent money till Super Tuesday, right? And then he got out. Yeah, bother. It's just like, I'm going to see how much poll i can take away from the other also rands and then let you know basically the sanders and biden group move forward yeah, and he and he was acting like he spoke for poor people i'm like you are, what, are you, what what are you talking about his whole enterprise was in prisons and like, sorry but you know disproportionately <laughs> yeah it's like what are you talking poor, about poor and people of color go to prison and you made money and you expect them to vote for you (laughs) exactly and bluebird came in and he's like all right i'm a rich fucking guy like that's what i'm on he's not saying i speak for poor people Mm -mm. the time sawyer guy tried to take the whole virtual it was it was just disgusting and creepy and there's the vibe that you get from that guy that he's going to be caught doing crazy shit in a hotel room one day yeah exactly the other thing that i found so interesting about steyer is that his um like every campaign commercial that i saw for him was about the environment and it seemed like whenever he got on stage, he never talked about it. So there was a disconnect in his communication apparatus between what he was communicating to the people regularly. And then when he got to actually have a word on those stages, he didn't say the same thing. Um, And that's, that goes back to candidates like Jay Inslee, who's the governor of Washington state. He based his whole campaign on climate change. He was one of the first ones out. If he got on stage and he (laughs) like, nobody cares, nobody connects. Nobody cares. If you're not making it all about Trump, you're not going to make it all the way. So that's the, that was my interpretation of that. How much time do we got on this episode? 
the remaining? Uh, I don't know, five minutes. Five minutes. So I just wanted to like maybe for next time is um, and I think he he said today he's gonna he may do it again. Mm-hmm. Is that guy from Kentucky the only person that really? wanted america to slow the fuck down and really think about what you're about to pass with the stimulus package Mm -hmm. right and he was oh yeah yeah he he brought out a trump john Kerry connection you know what i mean like that's how crazy his actions were were that where trump and john Kerry are getting along Uh john Kerry called them an asshole or something on twitter right (laughs) excuse me (laughs) and then i hear his side and it makes sense he wants to have a conversation. I'm always down for a conversation, right? I understand, though, the argument is that people are in need. There's no need to hold it down. There's no need to converse. It's just everybody agrees. But, like, I respect that guy. I want to know good. a little bit more about him. Yeah. And he's he AOC, to me, is fake, obviously, for a lot of reasons. But in this aspect, it's like, didn't aren't you voting for it? But, like, you're trying to be loud about it? Like, yeah. what? This guy did it. This guy did it, and the amount of fucking pushback his career's being threatened the mm-hmm. whole nine yards is you saw a machine where like it's almost someone poked behind the curtain of the, what has always been a one-party system right like a nancy pelosi will hate trump but yet she still votes for all the shit that he needs right and this it, guy though like was it, the politics are a little bit squishy when it comes to a situation like this right i mean they aren't gonna go against what is going to help the country and that's why like you mentioned before patriot act why would you not vote for that it's going to keep you in office because it's going to help people to see you in a security kind of frame right you're the guy who votes for security in this situation it's you're the person who's going to get america it's going to cover you until you can get back to work and then it's going to help the economy when everybody gets back to work why wouldn't you vote for that and it was guy, so easy to push it, to make him look like a lunatic. There's so much stuff in this bill that does not belong in this bill. <laughs> and he's and he even just to like just to immediately counter that he's an evil person. He's like, guys, like look how much money. Like you guys, this is a trap. And this mm-hmm. the twelve hundred dollar check is your cheese. Like you guys, we should be getting way more money. Is what he's saying. He immediately yeah. that was his main thing. He's like, you guys should get a way bigger check. Canada's getting like what fifteen grand, something like that. I don't even know, but yeah, they're already getting. Their I mean, money. I know their population's a lot smaller, but they're they're paying their people a lot more. So my point, and maybe we can discuss him with uh, with more detail, and and especially if there's more rounds of bills that are going to be passed. I really That's respect that guy. He's a congressman from Kentucky. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, but we can bring that to you because I really wanted to also, did you have any other subjects? Uh, just um, bring one up. Uh, we don't have to talk about Alyssa Milano. We don't have to talk about no. Sean King. We don't have no. to talk about whether or not coronavirus is racist because everybody knows it is. <laughs> everybody so, knows, buddy. So <laughs> what, 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 maybe what I will piggyback is that last one is the coronavirus. And um, it's, it's, I think what's important that also was in one of my threads was um, the post Corona world involving China. Mm-hmm. I think that with the actions of a Japan now offering to pay billions of dollars to uh, some of their own companies to leave China and reestablish back in Japan, yeah. I think the United States are going to reevaluate so many things that are made in China that 
are no longer going to be allowed to be made there. Um, They're going to pay a lot more for certain things. Correct. And I think that there should be an investigation, right? The science or whatever, mainstream science is saying that this came from a bat. Great. I will even agree to that. I'm not a scientist. I'm just going to go on mainstream. Whatever. I still think there should be a separate investigation, non-Chinese, of people going out there to just what the fuck happened. Yeah. Right. I think it, that's important. Do you um, think there's uh, uh, any kind of recourse, any kind of way that the Chinese government would be held accountable for not telling people the truth? Yeah. And I think that that's what I'm trying to get to is that um, I heard that the UN, I think it was the UN, don't quote me on that, guys, but some major world organization group wants a world tax to fight the corona cost, right? So before anyone pays a tax, there's going to be a lot of countries that say, hey, China, this is on you, bud. Yeah, no, no group like that has the ability to levy a tax. Correct. But they have the ability to start that conversation. They have the ability to push buttons sure. on certain politicians that they have influence over to start doing that. Um, my point is that I do think a lot of countries are going to make China pay for this. Uh, there's a, definitely a lot of hawks in a lot of countries that are going to see this as an opportunity to go after China, especially in the United States. I think it's being led by cotton. cotton. Yeah, cotton, <laughs> cotton, cotton, and then a Rubio. He's going to take a look at for this. There, there are beautiful Rubio speeches where I will give him credit way before Corona, where he is ringing the alarm on the Chinese threat. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson for the past two years, way before Corona. You and had, I have been talking about it for a year. Alex. Exactly. This is an hour week today conversation. <laughs> like we, we bring you uh, yesterday, today's news years ago. That's right. <laughs> Even years ago. <laughs> so, so really, I do think that really there's a huge in. story uh, developing there where um, the, the effect on, on making China responsible financially yeah. uh, is going to be a major player. Maybe well, further, that's my opinion. Rather than holding them accountable legally and saying, "Okay, you need to pay for our bailout," because that's what some people are saying, like we should charge them. Yeah, right. Like the communists are going to be able to pay a two trillion dollar bill overnight. That's not going to happen. But restructuring trade deals and getting products that are typically made over there, not made over there, so they can't have all that income. I think that's probably going to be more of a central a center of the debate. Exactly. And you're absolutely right, because those are the things that made them from a fourth world shithole into the over the one, last 20 years. That's right. Yeah, Your economy one is of the leading economies in the world. But I think if they really did have that restructuring, that would keep us a little bit safer as far as being the number one, you know, economic superpower. And of course, keeping uh, the security of that and, the you know, the military security of that a little bit further at the forefront. So that's a possibility. I think their military is still light years behind the Americans. And um, I don't see that as a threat, but I think that the threat that Rubio brought out in some of these old speeches, which I will look for and uh, share with you guys, maybe included in the YouTube link where he's like, he's like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't trade with them or have our t-shirts made and all that. He goes, the issue that I'm seeing is that, these fucking guys are going are leading right now in AI, right? Well, and they're stealing technology. They steal a lot of technology, and he goes in the way that the world is going. That's just a battle we cannot lose. Yeah, uh, in automation and things like that. And and he's right. I I personally believe that 
And and here's the crazy part is that a lot of like my friend who is a huge New York Times defender, the whole nine yards, um, he's like, why would you want to investigate in China? It came from a bat. Like, don't you like, okay, like, what are you like? You're so brainwashed. Like, what are you Chinese? No. Well, don't, don't you, you want to know? Me? Don't you want to know the truth? Even exactly. if it's controversial, don't you want to know? Even if what, what they said is right, right. who what's cares? The, Investigate what's it. What's the harm in knowing the facts? Oh, there's you're nothing, there's worried about xenophobia? There's nothing biased about it. It's just what actually happened. Tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. Let <laughs> third-party people go in there. It's not xenophobic. It has nothing to do against the Chinese people. It's just that we don't trust our government. Right. We don't trust ours. We don't trust theirs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Um, so listen, you brought it up because before, before we jump points. Um, the YouTube channel, right? We need to be able to have comments on that. So if you could enable that. I oh, know. were the comments turned off? Yeah. I thought I turned them on. Comments are turned off. So when it, we want to encourage people to drop their science on us and let us know what's going on. And of course, you can post whatever you want in there and let people react to it. And of course- Absolutely. And on the, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say following that same logic and thinking is the vision now that I have for our Instagram is to just post a bunch of the headlines yeah. and like just comment oh, on it yes. and make it almost like uh, uh, where you guys can follow the news stories going on before a show or during Great. a show or Great. for you to comment on them. So just a whole bunch of headlines of the okay. week. Send the me hilarious the, ones. Send me the access stuff. The um, is, it, is it just our week today? Is yeah, it, I think it, yeah, it's the same. It's, it's at uh, it's guys. Open. Yeah. It's okay. at our week today. Um, that's really one of the platforms along with Facebook that we really need to continue developing. Right. Uh, our Twitter is possibly the most active one. So you guys can always hit us up on there. We would love to hear uh, from you what subjects or headlines or uh, th- current, something that happened in the past week. That's, that's, I think what our podcast is, is going on what's happened in the past week. Maybe True. some of the stories that went under your radar uh, touch on the very popular ones. That's not my favorite because you've heard so much about them like Tiger King and shit like that. But, um, <laughs> But that's what we're trying to bring to you is good conversations about things going on in the world. And also, uh, just in this particular format, we can very easily interview whoever we want to. If you've got an email address, we can send you an invitation and we can interview you on the podcast via video. So we're very excited about that option. We should take advantage of that. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm always down for an interview. We've done a bunch of interview episodes, not on video, uh, but those are some great episodes you guys can listen to. Um, which, by the way, with uh, Matt, the artist. Uh-huh. Um, Do you want to come back on? Uh, I can definitely get him back on. We'll get him on um, for the next show. <laughs> he, he participated, him and his girlfriend participated in like group games. So that's something that maybe we should do too. Okay. Is, uh, basically a version of Cards Against Humanity where it shows oh, you shit. everybody can see their choices live on their phone uh, and then be like, and then you can pick and it shows you the score. Uh, and then we played these other like drawing games where you uh-huh. just, I bet he won. He, him and someone else tied for like the most, like he's got <laughs> like a minute and 30 seconds or two minutes. They had like nine people guess the right shit. My highest was like six or five. So uh, shout out to Matt Sutton. He was our second guest. Uh, and he's a professional artist. He's worked for a lot of different um, comic book companies and he does his own art out of his home. Uh, very, very 
talented guy. So hopefully we'll an interesting story, again. right? We went over yeah, his story to that episode. It was a great back backstory of how he, he got to where he is now. And uh, yeah, guys, go back to like episode seven or eight and uh, you should see that you should hear that. It was done at an awesome, uh, not a brewery, but a craft beer place. That's right. Called the Thirsty Roofer in Orlando, down on um, in the Ivanhoe district. Can you say the name again? Uh, the Thirsty Topher. Thirsty Topher. Yeah. Amazing place. Uh, it's cool. just one of the most laid back places that if you are a beer drinker, you can have really good conversations there. There's no TVs. Um, no Wi Fi. No Wi Fi. It's just yeah. made for beers and good conversation. That's right. So hopefully we'll be able to get back there someday soon. But, uh, Probably for the next uh, month and a half to two months, we're probably cooped up in our homes, down and deep in the bunkers in the hot zone. So you got anything else for us? Um, the, the only thing I would say is that tomorrow we got some news coming out of California and Washington as two states where their governors are going to announce uh, their plans to open up certain parts of the state. That's right. Uh, so that's going to be interesting because that will probably be um, something that a lot of other states are going to start doing. Have you heard if that's going to precede the the conglomerate of the six East Coast states coming up with their own plan? Because I, I didn't even hear about that. That's supposed to come out pretty soon too. I'm wondering if they're waiting on California to come out first before they hit it. So possibly because I've only heard that the California and Washington come out tomorrow. I haven't heard about six states doing anything yeah. yet, but. Yeah. So I don't think they're coming out tomorrow at the same time. I doubt it too. But here's the thing, right? It's kind of conspicuous timing. So you got the nomination locked up, right? Now you have everybody clamoring for a plan to get the nation back online, to get everybody working again. And then you have all these most populous states coming together to try to actually have a plan before the federal government does. Just want to put that seed in your head and then see where the news takes us over the next couple of days. So That'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. I think what the orange guy said, he's like, look, I have the power to do it all and determine it all. But <laughs> he, he, he then, but then he backs up that statement with, but the way our country works, I'm going to let the states do their thing. And if I feel that I need to step in, then I'll do it. That's exactly what he basically said at his press conferences. Right. That's what I've seen him. That's what I understand. And I think that that is actually a good way to do it is that just don't just give a blanket order on a country that's so diverse and different in different sections, uh, let, let the states and their leaders determine. And if it's absolutely insane what they're doing, then maybe step in if you can or do what you got to do. All right. Rock and roll. Which, which is what I'll just say, lastly, they kept asking him, so what about opening up the world, this or that? You're going to open up the government. You're going to kill us, blah, blah, blah. He goes, listen, I'm going to see what other countries do too. That's how I do it. I'm going to see what works in these other countries that are going to be opening up stuff. And I'm going to take a look to see what works and what doesn't. And then once I have that information, then I can, it's going to help me make a better choice here. Other but countries I'm are like, already starting. I'm okay with that. Up, so. Correct. And we, we've got way more. Going to look at. There's way more nuance in the States. So I'm not, I'm not going to look at Sweden and say, we're going to follow their lead or Spain or Italy. It's just, there's, there's too many complexities here. So We'll have to wait and see. But we'll wait and see, guys. All right. You got anything else? Uh, I think that's it, man. I think uh, this was a pretty good episode. It's a, you think you can get this online come, tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. I'll post it so tomorrow. Just you load it up. up and, uh, and we can be, I mean, next episode you want to do this week or next week, 
we can hell yeah and uh we really appreciate our listeners man uh we're growing slowly and uh every one of you counts and we really appreciate it we hope to only keep getting better and better bring you the best stories out there um so that's that's going to be our promise to you guys and uh we'll, we'll definitely improve our social media game so hopefully you guys can start uh continue to reach out and let us know what you guys think and what you guys and, want to yeah. talk about Absolutely. I mean, the content and the technology and the background, if we can improve any of this shit, you know, we'll try. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have no sponsors yet. That's something that also is in the works. Um, but Corona definitely slowed us down on that aspect. But um, actually, yeah, we're kind of spit us up. You know, when you think about it, we have the ability to do more, more shows with more content because there's just so much going on. We, we can definitely meet that expectation. Hell yeah. So all right. So we really appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it for this episode of our week today. It's number 20 milestone episode. Stay woke, bitches. Stay woke. And we'll see you at 21.